Welcome to episode 80 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I think it's funny that every podcast, <laughs> that we start off exactly the same. We have to. Doing good. I'm doing all right. This is the truth. I'm not lying. Um, Greg, before the podcast, you told me good morning, and I asked you, is it a good morning? It is a good morning. It is a good morning. I'm, I'm happy, and I'm here breathing I'm about to dive into our website so that's gonna be fun about to dive into it for the 380th day yeah nobody here can see my face but it's distraught with fear of what I'm about to embark on we uh we met with our web guy last week with a laundry list of updates we want to do which is all about but really the laundry list I gave him is a laundry list of stuff that I have to create to give to him. So we're yeah, see that's that so that's happens. what happens. It's like you you tell the web designer, I would like this framework, and this is how I want the site to be, and they're like, cool, I'll do the coding for that. And, you know, a little bit later, they've got this whole framework, and now it's like, now it's your turn. Yeah, so now create content, now create graphics, now do all this other stuff. Exactly, um, which is it's all good. You know, I've had a, a good experience with the website. Um, and good friends helping us out with it. It's just been so long and it's nobody's fault, but my own, like I'm not, I definitely take full credit for the fact that it's been taking so long, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, you only have so much time during the day and there's so many other administrative things that are happening and so much different stuff going on that the website, unfortunately, sometimes unintentionally gets buried. So I have made over the last two weeks, major strides forward with the website. I'm really, really excited and happy with how it looks. So I think other people will really like it too. And it's, I know I've said on the podcast before, but it's just going to streamline the information that people get from our products once they land on the website. Um, So I'm excited about it. It should help us out a lot. Awesome. So what's up with you? What's new? Well, before we get too far here, you oh, had man. a you had a request last week. Ace break. Ace break. You I said did, that if I did have this request. You said if we didn't do icebreak at the beginning, it shouldn't be called icebreak. You have some kind of ageism issue here with when in the podcast we do are you calling me a millennial yes you're you're the most millennial millennial i know now hold on (laughs) this isn't true this is not true i'm the least least millennial you're not the least i don't know man fair here i am kind of a free spirit (laughs) (laughs) all right so we came up with this question beforehand we want to do something maybe a little more industry related for our for a question here. So <clears throat> I believe the question that we came up with, would you rather have to wear complete from head to toe multi-cam? Yeah, I'm like face painting everything. I'm saying like you're... I don't think you have to face paint, but... I don't know, man. If you're doing talking it, like you're committing. We're talking boonie hat. We're talking... Yeah. With the drawstring. Oh, yeah. Everything. The, All the, the way boots. down to boots. Everything yeah. multi-cam. You have to wear that every day, every day, or you have to carry cross-draw dual revolvers like a cowboy. In a weird way, like every day. Remember, this is not like classy cowboy stuff. We're talking like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I've experienced this in the wild, seeing someone carrying like this. I have too. And it doesn't. It's usually at the fair. Yeah, it it's weird. It's like the guy that shouldn't do it. It just doesn't fit. So yeah, that's the question. So would question. would we rather would have rather? and in your head, the people listening to this, envision the worst, most gaudy camo you could ever envision. Yeah. And that's what we're deciding between. It's been washed a thousand times, so it's right. It like faded. Mill surplus. You bought it. It's like two sizes too big. Yep. 
you just kind of squeezed your way into it and I don't know, maybe used a ratchet strap around the waist. We're talking this camo doesn't blend in. Okay. Which, which would you rather do, Jared? <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. I know. Both of them are so bad. And you don't get to wear – and with the cross strap situation, everybody's thinking cowboy. You don't get to wear spurs. Right. Make, so you are – I'm like, awesome. here I am today in tan pants and just a blue shirt. I'm walking yeah. around my regular life with two big old revolvers. And I'm thinking like black powder revolvers too. I mean, these things are – these are era specific. I've got Sing- the bullets, bullets around the belt and everything. Single action only. Oh, man, it's so bad. That's so <laughs> bad. I don't know what, uh, I don't even know how to answer that. question. Yeah, this, is, this is the hardest question I've come <laughs> up with. I'm this scared is- to answer it because right. like, uh, go ahead. You, you give I've your got an answer and I'm going to give a way more complex than is necessary. Well, and, and I've got a, my answer actually has like a practical application to it. So I'm going to go with the head to toe camo <laughs> because I don't want to carry two outside the waistband guns. I don't care if it's their staccatos or their revolver. I just don't want to carry outside the waistband guns. So I'm going to go with head to toe camo. <sighs> this is so bad. Um, See, I can totally see you walking around with cross draw. I'm gonna go with the cross draw holsters. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I hesitantly say that. So the reason why is I did an experiment years ago, where you know Pennsylvania, we have constitutional carry as far as open carry. So I tried that for a period of time, open carried with a retention holster, and just wanted to see if people notice and. Most people did not notice in any way, shape, or form. Didn't even, people are so distracted already. So I think, I suspect that I could probably blend in better with society with those two revolvers versus being head to toe camo. Plus, plus, there were no restrictions that we said in the question about wardrobe. So, I mean, other than like, wear whatever you want. You get to wear whatever I want. So like I could dress really classy and, and I've got these revolvers as weird as that seems. Now, however, you could enter any building with your camo. Am I allowed to ever take off the revolver? We never clarified that. So are you showering in multicam and I'm not showering with two two revolvers (laughs) at all times? I don't know. And see, I picture with my, multicam situation that i'm in now is that i have different multicam outfits for different occasions if i'm go- if i gotta dress up i've got a multicam tux but it has to be the same crappy pattern like oh yeah can't, same pattern be... so if i'm going if i'm going casual i've got my multicam t-shirt and shorts if i'm going dressed up i got a multicam tux <laughs> so bad if i'm going swimming i have my multicam speedo no yep I might have to use the revolvers if if I ever see that. <laughs> I'm going skiing. I've got my multicam skit, which actually pretty sure I, I see that every time I go skiing. Somebody has it's their first time skiing, so they're they're wearing their deer hunting overalls. <laughs> that would be me. I, I see that all the time, especially when you go to New York. There's a lot of those guys. So yeah, I don't know. I I think I'm going with the Robbers. I think you're going with Multicam. Guys, you're in the podcast listening. If you got a little laugh out of it, send us an email or, or a message to one of our accounts and let us know would you choose the camo or would you go with the dual wielding revolvers? I mean, if somebody sends me a, a picture to TA Target's Instagram of them dual wielding revolvers, I probably will have to send a patch out or something. If somebody sent me a picture of them wearing a full multi you know camo <laughs> get up and cross draw revolvers they would become my hero hero for life hero status for life absolutely why does this never work when i want it to work here we go hey it's break hey it's break i'll see if you're gonna start singing over it i'm gonna have to record that 
and i'm not games. gonna nope uh-uh. oh i could I, I could make one with a round well, like you singing your, with yourself in a round what i'll do is eventually mix a full song it'll be like the corniest 30 second jingle you have ever experienced in your life see if i had enough time on my hands which i don't <clears throat> i would have come up with different mixes by now would have like a rap one a country one <laughs> maybe someday maybe a little i ska. suspect so my my Ooh. goal in, in the only, life the only thing more annoying would be a ska version i don't even know what that is what skies no after we're done here google ska music ska my goal with the business one of them it's gonna seem petty but it's true it, it is actually a goal of mine is to have the sales volume and the ability to hire on a staff so that, which we are doing already, but at a higher capacity so that we can do those goofy things. The freedom to experience and explore fun, different ways to market, you know, like it, it seems weird, but you know, we make those jokes like, Oh, if we had time, we do this and this and this. And it's like, I would love to, you know, I, like sometimes it's not about making a dollar off of the marketing. It's about interacting with people. It's about having fun and, and things like that. So uh, I have a you theory know what I'm saying. Yep. And I have a theory because I've hired roughly six other people and I'm no less busy than what I was. Like every time I hire somebody, and I hand off a task, I'm like, man, what am I going to do with my time? <clears throat> well, the time's right. gone. There, I never... See, that's it, why you hire the people to do the funny thing that we want to get done. It's like digging a hole in sand. It's just, just continues to fill back up. And uh, so that's... Why do, why do you think that is? I have because, ideas, but I'm yeah. curious what you think. Well, I, I, I th- because I, I think at the root of it, there's like... Especially with the age of our businesses now, we're still baby businesses and they're still, and just with the, the, the type of people we are, we're just, we're go-getter starters. And if I have time, I'm not going to, I choose to spend my time working on things and trying to grow the business and trying to better the business. So I'm going to find something else to put my time into for the business. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's my theory. I think it's just at, at, at some point, I, I think you just have to make your, you have to set your priorities and, and I mean, you know, I used to be huge into mountain biking. I haven't been on my mountain bike in two years. I could, I mean, I, I, I absolutely could make the time to go and, and ride, but, um, but my priority is coming to the shop and getting stuff done here. So it all comes down to priorities. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think even if I hired people to take the job at jobs that I have now, I don't think I would be any less busy. I, I would find other areas to fill i'm like water that's a really we're gonna like put that on a plaque and mail it to you greg he's like water i'm like water he fills every void that might might be the podcast name i'm like water (laughs) my my theory around it because i've experienced the same thing so anytime we have hired somebody onto the team we've gotten immediately busier and our sales have gone up and to some people, okay, let me back up a second. I'm not guaranteeing that if you hire people, you're right. going to see a sales spike. So I definitely want to make that very clear because you could hire people at the wrong time and cause mayhem in, in your business. But my experience is as we as, as a team have decided to hire people, I've gotten much busier. <laughs> and some of that is simply because when you add effective people to your team, you should see returns from that at some point. You should see increase in sales. You know, when, when we hired on salespeople, 
Of course, sales went up. They should. If they don't, there's a problem. So that's my theory is an effective team is going to reach people more effectively. And because of that, I'm never going to be more free or have more time unless it's something that I specifically decide is worth my time. And that's just, that's just how it is. But that's a, I mean, it's, it's a good thing. It, it, it's definitely, it's the problem that I have personally is intentionally taking time away then to have time to do the things that I want to do. I end up doing things that I don't really want to do because we're so busy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a constant learning thing. And we have, we brought, we had one new team member jump on about a month ago and I have an interview coming up. Um, not really an interview. I've been, been discussing with this gentleman for the last, I'll say two months, month and a half about jumping on board. So we'll probably be adding to our marketing team again in the coming weeks. We'll see how things go, but yeah, it's, it's necessary. And yeah, it just doesn't mean that, all of a sudden we hire people and I have all the freedom to do whatever I want to do. But I will say that every time that I have hired someone, even though I have more people management and I get busier in certain aspects, I hired people and we hired people for a specific reason to fill a specific void. And then it frees me up from doing that task. And then I am able to kind of shift focus, especially if the person you hire is really good and you can trust them and, they're responsible and they're a go-getter. Now you're, you're not micromanaging. You're just giving them the tools to succeed so that whatever the most important thing for you to be doing can be done. And I think, I do think, you know, right now with, with the state of our businesses, when you, you're, you're hiring somebody to fill a current need and, and I think I've said this before. I, I could work a hundred hours this week. Like there's, there's that much that I could be doing. Um, so I could, I, you know, again, I could hire two people to take jobs off my, off my task list. And I would still have a 60 hour work week in the end. Um, you know, so it's, I, I, but it, it'd be interesting at some point to hire somebody to do a job that doesn't yet exist in your company. You know, it, you know, if there's some branch, if there's something that you want to do that you're not doing at all right now, I, I think that'll be an interesting venture, which I've got a couple of things that I would like to, I would like our business to do in the future that, um, that the only way it's going to happen is if I hire somebody to start, start doing that. So kind of like a new division or something you're talking about yeah, or just, or just yeah. a different process. Yeah. Yeah. A different process or, um, yeah, you know, you know, some of the things that maybe we sub out now and be able to do in house, um, which I mean, I kind of did that to myself when I started machining, um, but I, but I've not yet really hired somebody to start a task that, that we aren't already doing. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot. I, I, so I'm, I'm a dreamer, just full disclosure for anybody that doesn't know that already. So I'm trying to think 10 steps ahead of, of where the business is going, but also what other opportunities are going to come up and, I'm pretty good at kind of thinking forward and trying to build either strategic relationships or, you know, think of other ways that we could help another company or do another product or something like that. Not always the best at coming up with the product out of thin air, but uh, there are times where I, I feel like I can nav navigate that pretty well. But that's what I'm constantly looking for too, is ways to, either solve a problem that, you know, doesn't exist for our company, but we can solve it for somebody else or move into an area that we're not currently in. So that's part of our discussions 
you know, looking forward to the next two to three years, um, just trying to think of different ways to solidify the business and also, you know, potentially move into other areas that we're currently not in. But yeah, it, it, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like when I think of doing something different than what we're doing now, it scares me in a lot of ways because starting something new and I'm just going to say, you know, a new product that fits within the company's messaging isn't scary to me, but let's say we did something totally different where maybe we created a new division of the company that scares me at this point because I know that it will take a couple years to gear up. You know, I like, I, I guess we could get to the point where our businesses are so known and impactful. And if you had such a good idea, it could take off right away. But it's always that looming thing where when it comes to something totally new that we're potentially moving into, I get a little bit nervous. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's just because of the unknown. Into the unknown. It was beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I agree. We're, we're kind of, this kind of follows your thought, but it's also kind of going off a little bit. So we met with our landlords, uh, I think Monday, and uh, I decided to go ahead and take the jump to take over the space next to us, which, uh, which is going to more than double our, our shop square footage, um, which is also going to more than double our rent. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yay um, expenses. Yay. Yeah. You can just write that one off more overhead. I always love when someone's like that. Well, that's just a good write off. Right? <laughs> you just, like, you just write it off. Yeah. That's like, just how that works. You realize mm -hmm. That just means I pay less taxes on that right. one thing. It doesn't yeah. mean that it didn't cost me a lot of money. Yeah, it's still money out the out, out of my pocket. It's just but a just a write off. <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah. So uh, October one, I believe, is the plan for us to for us to start expanding in over there. So um, I get to move my CNC machines again. Uh, I'm trying to find out how many times can you move a CNC machine? You know, it, it, as many times until the rigging company drops it. Is it like that's Ikea many. furniture where you've got maybe twice before the thing is just going to never go back together again. Just implodes. As long really as hope, you're like, I really hope my house of CNCs are not equal to Ikea furniture. We've moved our equipment around so much. And as long as you square it up, and yeah. you're gentle. I I don't suspect that that would ever be an issue. But if it's like IKEA, then let me know because eventually I'm gonna buy a CNC machine. And I don't want to buy the IKEA brand. <laughs> you just not want to. If if I if I IKEA ever comes out with a vertical mill, do not I'm just buy. Gonna, yeah, it's two thousand dollars, four axes, <laughs> and you and you got to put it together with only pictures. <laughs> yeah, just picture graphics. And you've got like ten thousand pieces of finely machined pieces great things got to be able to hold especially when you start powering it up that'll be great yeah yeah imagine imagine putting a 30 horsepower spindle on a piece of ikea equipment <laughs> first thing the machine does runs ahead right into the table just bam blows it up see a max of 200 rpm <clears throat> and yeah. totally inconsistent but yeah so that you're expanding in october that's yeah so exciting uh, which, you know, like a lot of our conversation right now is, is around trying to figure out who's going to go, go where. Because there's, there's two more offices, which is also another reason why we're like, there's, there's three reasons why we're expanding. One is machine shop space. Two is office space. And three is storage. Uh, so our current machine shop is going to turn into storage, basically, which is crazy. And then... Uh, the, the new machine shop is probably, I haven't measured it yet. Uh, I don't know. What do you say, Dusty? Three, four times the size? Yeah. At least. Yeah, it's, it's at least three, four times the size. So we're going to be able to fit all the CNC machines ever into that space. Um, and then, yeah, so you know, 
most of our conversations just kind of going around different scenarios of of who goes to what office or uh you know do we turn one of the offices into into our armory do we uh, yeah so but one of the things i'm most excited about is my office which is huge it's bigger than what i, I really need so it's probably going to also turn into like into the conference room slash office um, but it's got a window in it so i'm excited to have a window again <laughs> it's always the little things I get to when see. you're in an office with no windows you really start to appreciate offices with i've been chased i've been chasing windows my entire professional career i'm too much of a of a out, outdoors person to to be able to stomach being closed in a closet all day long what's so. funny about me this is totally a random tangent but i actually prefer darkness like i my, my wife it drives her freaking crazy because at night I want to pull the blinds down and our house is an 1800s home. So there's no overhead lighting. It's all lamps and I'll turn the lamps down. We'll have one lamp in the living room. It's dimly lit. I even went as far as to buy an led bulb that mimics a flame. Mm-hmm. And I put that in the one lamp. So like, it's just kind of flickering there and that's how I like it. So I have this really awesome window in my office and I have, those like darkness blinds or whatever they're called the 100% block light yeah yeah that's how it is i mean nobody else can see but i'm showing greg right now like this is see the lights are off yeah well you see the office i'm sitting right now right now we don't turn our actual lights on but but we have i don't know how many there's three four five six seven there's probably about a dozen led lights around the edges of the room so it's it's not dark in here um it looks darker in the on the camera that what uh on zoom that we're using right now than what it actually is in the room but yeah I, I think i like i like natural light um but i don't need a ton of light either i guess yeah but that's exciting that you have a big office is the office your own then not sharing with anybody no yeah that's nice. yeah, it you know it, it is as much time, I mean, really, Dusty's the one that needs like his own office where he can he can make phone calls and take phone calls, and um, he spends the most time in the office of all of us here. So for him to have a space that that we're not like talking over each other on on phones because we sit uh, roughly six and a half feet apart from each other, just enough to not catch coronavirus. Perfect. Just enough to not get the Rona. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous too, cause it is, it's taken on more overhead costs, but, um, I get nervous like this every time that, that we make a, a decision like this, you know, with each CNC machine, I get, I got nerves with when we moved out of my first house and the last house where my shop was, I was nervous when we moved into this shop eight months ago, I was nervous and now we've, now we've grown out of it. So Yeah. Well, that's just the nature of it. And that's kind of like we touched on with hiring people. It's a risk. And normally if it's, I mean, you know, the business, as you start to learn your, your business and how it's performing, how profitable you are and all that other stuff, you can kind of tell when you're sticking your neck out or when you're, I mean, you're always sticking your neck out a little bit, but whether you're just kind of poking your head out or you're like fully exposing your neck, you know? Yeah. I, I can usually tell with what we're doing whether or not there is actual huge risk or not. Well, yeah. And, and you kind of, in the back of my head, I've always got a, a, a way out plan, um, which one of the reasons why I decided to just go ahead and expand into the building that we're at is because the other option is, is uh, that I was looking into is buying another building, but I don't know. In the back of my head, I'm like, what if we need to downsize? And now I have a building that I'm locked into that I have to try to sell. And, you know, so th- th- there's always a way out of that, but where we're at now, if I need to downsize, we just, you know, like I, I, I might have to sell a machine or something, but we can scale back into the, into the side of the building that we're at now. So right. there's downsize options. And I usually don't like to say those things out loud because that's because uh, I don't want that to happen. 
but in the back of my head, I'm like, you know what? That's, you know, it's a little bit of a safer decision to stay here. It is going to be cheaper. Um, and if we need to scale back, we can. And then if we grow, if we grow, if we outgrow that space, then we're definitely going to be in a position where getting another building is going to be just a easier decision. Yeah, I get it. You know, one of the cool experiences I had this week, and I think I sent you a text. Um, If I did, I briefly told you about it. Uh, We're really close to Geisley. They are about an hour and a half away from here. (laughs) So I've gotten to know Kevin over at Geisley and become friends with him. And a couple of other people over there. So anyway, needless to say, long story short, and this kind of ties into what we're talking about. Kevin shoots me an email on, I don't know, it might have been Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Saying, hey, man, can you get out to the shop out here? And we had talked about going out before. And so I talked to Ethan, and like last minute on Thursday, we were talking to Kevin, and we decided, you know, we're just going to pack up and head over there. And so we did, and I'm, I'm really glad I did. At first, I was like, man, I'm so busy. I just need to get my stuff done. But we decided to go over, and we got a personal tour of the entire Geisley facility. And I was obviously unable to bring in cameras or anything like that. So the only thing I can do is kind of describe what I saw. But that was one of my most motivating shop visits that I've seen to date. Yeah. And the reason why, you know, Geisley does some amazing things. They make some amazing products. Yeah. But nothing that they're doing is that crazy. Like that, that sounds crazy for me to say that because I'm impressed with what they're doing, but what they've built, it's just, it's so massive. Like their facility is probably, I mean, it's honestly not much bigger than our shop, but it is packed with CNC machines that are just screaming. They have three axis machines, four axis, five axis machines, some that are as big as my office. Like it blew my mind. And I, I don't remember the brand of it. You would have probably been geeking out. I have no idea, but this CNC machine that was making rails was as big as my office and it's (laughs) one rail at a time. But I guess it had five axes of travel and it would it would chamfer, it would make the Picatinny sections, it would do everything in one process. It literally went from an extrusion to on the other end, it's a finished rail. Yeah, that's so cool. And if, if you've seen Geisley's rail or any rails, like as I'm watching this, I'm looking at like how it's making the M-lock sections and how they're machining it out. And it's just like mind blown how fast it makes a rail, changes tooling, continues machining and... I was blown away. And what I walked away with was quite a few things. Obviously I, we strengthened our relationship with, with Kevin and I'm going to get to hang out with Bill Geisley in the coming weeks. We're going to go up to the range and, and hang out and I'm excited to talk to him and, and try to learn some business um, techniques that he's applied and, and learn whatever I can from him. Can I come? Can I invite myself? <laughs> probably not this one greg probably well next time i come out there you gotta you gotta work that deal I would, i'd love to go i bet you we could make it happen i don't know if i care about the range part. i mean that'd be fun but the I, I facility so here's the deal we we have suffered from in the past among our team you know we're guilty of this saying we don't have enough space at our shop and you know we we already have planned an addition and that's going to be because of burrow and all that stuff and all the zoning and crap that we've hit, that's going to probably be two years until that would even be able to happen if we wanted it to happen right away. So we've slowly continued moving that process forward so that when we pull the trigger on it, it'll be quicker. But when I walked through their shop and saw how much you can fit in a space, I was like, wow, we have not met capacity. Yeah. (laughs) It, then I'm only speaking for me. Um, So that was encouraging. And it was also kind of like, okay, so now how can we, how can we maximize as we grow? Um, I I don't know. It was just an interesting 
a very interesting experience. It was amazing seeing that, you know, Geisley makes everything. They make buffer tubes from scratch, <laughs> which blew my mind. Most other manufacturers are buying certain components and just checking the spec on them. Right. Um, you know, there, there's definitely been some um, distaste thrown to Geisley because of long lead times and stuff. And so I'm, you know, and I'm aware of all of that stuff. So I'm, what I'm speaking about here is just seeing the process and, um, and what they have going on inside of their facility. I saw a hammer forge like in process, like making barrel rifling and their button rifling and stuff. They like, they have everything. And it just, it blew my mind. And, you know, to think that 20 years ago, they wouldn't have been a name that you would have known about really. And now they're scaled to that level. It's, it's very encouraging. And it, it makes me so motivated when I see that because I want to reach those levels with what we're doing at TA. Yeah. It just takes time. I mean, it's gotta be patient and work hard and do good business and yeah. make wise decisions. Yeah. Be smart and, and have a good product. I mean, that definitely all you have to do is like a dozen things perfectly every time, every time. Thankfully that's not true. Thankfully you don't have to be perfect. It'll do perfect. Go. I think uh, when we were talking to the guys from Blue Alpha, I think they were the ones that said, like, I think Kurt was like, do you look around, you're driving down the road, you look at every business that you pass, every one of them are run by somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. It just, which I love that thought of that we're all figuring this out as we go along, like even if you're, you're Mr. You graduate with a master's in business and all this stuff like that. When it comes to actually running the business, you're figuring it out day by day. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and making mistakes and absolutely. And learning and paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it always like my mistakes. I just, they cost me like 10 grand every time. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. oh, that sucks. There goes that. Yep. And then you, you learn and it's like the first, the first time, you know, the first time you make a mistake, it's like I, you lose sleep and you're like, Oh man, this is just a terrible idea. And the stress is overwhelming. And, and not that I nonchalantly want to make mistakes continually. And I, I try my best not to, but now I understand more that it's part of that process. Um, I got a question for you. I, I, I'm not, I don't know if you guys have, have a system like this, but um, I'm trying to figure out Oh, we're trying to figure out here um, a better way to handle like our materials coming in, going out for, for finishing, um, you know, like raw materials coming in, getting made, going out to get finished, coming back, getting that stuff put back in the finale, you know, you know, uh, all that stuff, just like a better system than just bringing buckets of stuff in and out and remember to do it. Like, do you guys have like a system for that? Like a, you know, like a paper checklist that, that follows your materials and stuff like that. What do you guys do? We don't, um, we have a pretty archaic method at this point, to be honest, but we also don't, I feel like we have less, so number one, our components are big. They're very easily seen. Um, I mean, finale. So our inventory software does track all the raw pieces that are in place. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I mean, so we don't have anything that's complex, but what happens is we have raw materials that get fabricated into a finished product, but that all from start to finish happens in house. So it's, it's not leaving right anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah when we outsource something for a product that we don't have the capability to produce here, it comes in, but then it never goes back out anywhere. Gotcha. If that makes sense. So that, yeah. um, you know, the, the one example that I would say that would get close to that would be the falling tree track because we get that hardened after it's cut. Mm -hmm. But because we have such a good relationship with both companies, it goes from company A to company B before it gets to us. So I, I don't have any, 
I don't really have anything that compares to that right now. Yeah. I was scrolling through YouTube just trying to find shop tours. I know um, John with Saunders Machine, that machine works actually down in Zanesville, Ohio. John does a lot of shop tours. um, And I was trying to kind of go through his YouTube channel and find shop tours and see if any of them kind of show how they do stuff. Like we bought a whiteboard to put out in the shop for it to do something <laughs> and there's stuff written on it, but I don't know that it's, that it's really doing what we needed to do for us yet. Um, at least not to the capacity that it could. So I'm just trying to com- find a system for this. And you see companies like, honestly, you're starting to get into the territory probably where a full ERP style system would come into play. And, you know, when I went around with Geisley, what I noticed is there's a couple things. So some of the companies I've toured their facility, they use bins that are different colors. Mm-hmm. And that's a visual way to quickly see what's incoming, outcoming, what the processes are. So I've seen that at companies. But then when you go to a business that has over a hundred employees and a massive, like making thousands and thousands of parts on a hundred different CNC machines, that's when you start seeing them using full scanners. They have parts of their building labeled yeah. materials allocated to different positions in the building. So it, that stressed me out a little bit seeing that yeah. <laughs> to, to it's, be honest. It's um, stressful trying to figure it out, but there's, to me, which is what the type of person I am, there's, I like order and I like oh yeah, knowing where things are and knowing that, you know, especially if we can get something like this going now when there's three of us and a couple of products, if, if we can get this, this going now, it's going to be a lot easier than if we wait till there's 12 of us and 20 products, you know? So, yeah. And we're still navigating that. Um, so I, yeah, from my experiences, I don't have a great, a great answer to that. Um, But, uh, but that's why we've spent so much time the last year and a half working at figuring out systems because I was also, you know, to this point, this actually ties in really well. And I was going to get to this point at some, some point here, I was talking to another friend in the industry, a prominent company, and we're going to be partnering up on a pretty cool project, which I think is going to help both companies out a lot. It was encouraging to talk to the owners because they are three to four years ahead of us. You have tons of employees just bought their third building and they don't have things figured out perfectly. You know, they're still figuring things out. Now I'm not saying that because it's encouraging to think that I don't have to figure things out. What I'm saying is, our team has already begun building that foundation early so that hopefully when we scale up to that level, we already have these things hammered out. Because like you said, if, if all of a sudden you're, you're shipping, you know, hundred thousand orders and you don't have those systems in place, not only is it going to waste money in your company, just trying to get accounting done and, you know, in whatever inventory is on hand, all that stuff, but you're going to be less efficient in the process. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, that's what, there's definitely I mean, value. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to, right. Is, is trying to be as efficient as possible and not let things slip through the cracks. And, and since we want, I do feel like since we went to finale, um, it has helped a lot. Um, it's only going to be as good as, it's only going to work as well as what you put into it and as much as you listen to it. And also as much as you're able to feed into the system, you know, we, you know, one of the reasons why I went to is because we were pretty frequently running out of important components and not really knowing that we were out until we were out. And I do feel like it's fixed that we know, we, we, we know when we're out and we know ahead of time when we're going to be out. Uh, we still aren't always able to um, 
you know, get whatever component that is back in stock as quickly as we want to, but that, that doesn't really have to, anything to do with the, with, you know, with the program that has to do with our capacity or the capacity of whoever we get those parts from. But it, uh, and just this year has been a challenge with, <clears throat> with, uh, you know, certain companies have have issues created by COVID and keeping up with things. And, but yeah, I'm just trying to, I just want to get a better system going and try to get it going now while we're still small. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, Cause I'm just thinking about even if we just had um, like a piece of paper, that's basically a checklist of the process that, you know, for, you know, for our neomag plates that comes in as raw materials, machine them, go out for black nitride, come back, get, get, you know, get built, you know, just, you know, those things move around quite a bit. And, um, you know, so even just a piece of paper, that's a checklist of each of those things uh, because they do stay in the same bin, you know, your idea of or, or, or what you saw with using different color bins for different processes kind of interesting idea just just kind of a quick look of what bin it is so you know where it's at but i'm just thinking this this piece of paper is in a plastic sleeve and it doesn't leave that bin so if you, if you see a bin on a shelf which that is one thing that we did is we bought some more shelving uh you know i'd like to label the shelving for incoming outgoing stuff um but then you can pick up a piece of paper and you know exactly where where in the process things are you know has this product you know, has this component been been put in in finale has it not is it is it uh just yeah i think that's yep. that's kind of the next thing i'm thinking that we're going to do and and try yeah and every system is only going to be as good as the human input exactly <laughs> that's that's the problem yep but I, I like simple solutions too. That's the the big thing for me is I tend to almost overthink you yeah. know, processes to the point where it just, I don't make a decision, <laughs> which is, I like simple and the simple, I think so like I, there's always that person that's like, well, I, I can work through chaos. That's when I thrive. And it's like at some point that just doesn't become the case at some point even if your personality prefers that that's unsustainable for growth. You can't track things. So like we do need systems. That's the truth. You need some sort of systems in place, but I tend to go like, I need to have the full ERP package that a $1 billion a year business is going to have. <clears throat> yeah. And they're like, so how many SKUs do you have again? Like 40. You don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I need $80,000 ERP system. I need scanners at every station. We need laptops all over the place with TVs on every wall so we can see where every product is and in, uh, in, in the process. And yeah, it's just, it, it, yeah, this solution ends up being more work than, than what it was before at and some point. My biggest fear though, with making decisions about inventory tracking, about movement of product and things like that, is making a bad decision early that you can't scale up. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the unknown that I have right now, if that makes sense. Because I don't know what the next 10 years looks like. We could, we could 10x and all of a sudden what you just described is what we are doing. Mm -hmm. um, and like, what if the systems in place now aren't ready to scale? Because I haven't been there. That's the, that's the constant battle I have as a business owner is I haven't been in the Geisley position where I've seen what that looks like, what that landscape looks like. So that's why I like to find people that are ahead of me and every opportunity that I can get where I can just even start a friendship with somebody that has been in business 20 years. They are at the position where, where I dream to be and try to learn that information because they've already screwed up and sure. yeah. hopefully I can learn a little bit. And that has helped me tremendously on this journey so far. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, you know, there's always something else. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, just, 
you know, keeping that mind of, of scaling is such a hard balance because on one side of my brain, I'm like, I want to do what we need right now because I don't know the scale we're going to be at. So you don't want to overdo it. But if you just do what you need right now, then you're not leaving yourself any room to grow either. So just you know, trying to find that balance between what you need and where you think you're going to be is, is really tough. But that is the journey we have chosen. Yeah. I tried to say something deep. That was deep. Real deep. You used the word journey. So. And we forged, forged forward. We forged that journey. We're forging that journey. <laughs> but yeah, wow. that's, that's pretty much my week in a nutshell. Um, it's, it's been good. I, I can't complain. I think, I think we're making headway. I'm excited to navigate these potential new hires that we are discussing. And hopefully in one of the upcoming podcasts, I get to talk a little bit more about that. And, yeah, I'd uh, like to hear that. We yeah. got some cool things brewing uh, as well that hopefully we can talk about more as they progress as well. Awesome. Always moving forward, buddy. Every day. Forge ahead on the journey. Awesome. Well, I think uh, I think that's all I got for, for this yep. one. We can got wrap up for the empty. day. We appreciate you guys for tuning into the podcast. Um, don't forget at the beginning there, if you listen to the ice break, we want to know if you would prefer the gaudy, ugly camo or the dual wielding revolvers. So hit us in the DMs. You can find my company at TA Targets. And Greg, where can they find the Neomag? The Neomag. TheNeomag.com. There you go. Search that on social media and you'll find us. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. I'm in. Have a good week. You too.